To me, it's incredible that when you read the gospel and you begin to see that these are the genealogies that leads us to the grace of God, and the reason they lead us to the grace of God is because of the four names that are there that are women's names. Very important names when you look at that. Welcome to Somebody Loves You Radio, the Bible teaching ministry of Raul Reese in Diamond Bar, California. Today, Raul will continue our series centered on the life-changing love of God. As you explore Jesus' genealogy, you'll be moved by the redemptive stories of four unlikely members of His ancestry. Keep listening to see that just as God worked through imperfect people in Jesus' lineage, He can use you in mighty, eternal ways. The title of today's message is The Grace of God. Here's Raul Reese in Matthew chapter 1. Matthew shows us the royal line of David through Solomon. And then Luke shares with us the bloodline of Jesus all the way from Nathan to Mary. Mary, the mother of Jesus. And we'll see that in a moment. He starts in chapter 1, verse 1. The book of the genealogies of Jesus Christ, the son of David, son of Abraham. Abraham begot Isaac. Isaac begot Jacob. Jacob begot Judah, his brothers. Judah begot Perez. Perez begot Hazron. And Hazron begot Ram. Ram begot Abinadad. Abinadad begot Neshon. Neshon begot Solomon. And then Solomon begot Boaz by Rahab, and Boaz begot Obed and Ruth by Ruth, and Obed begot Jesse. Jesse begot David, king of Israel. David the king begot Solomon, and by her who had been the wife of Uriah. Solomon begot Rehoboam, Rehoboam begot Abijah, Abijah begot Asa. Asa begot Jehoshaphat, Jehoshaphat begot Joram, Joram begot Uzziah, Uzziah begot Jotham, Jotham begot Ahaz, Ahaz begot Hezekiah, Hezekiah begot Manasseh, Manasseh begot Ammon, and Ammon begot Josiah, Josiah begot Jeconiah, another person that was a curse in the genealogies. He was childless. He says that by the time they were carried away into Babylon. And after they were brought back from Babylon, Jeconiah begot Shatiel, Shatiel, Serubabel, Serubabel begot Abidud, Abidud begot Elakim, Elakim begot Azor. Azor, Sadak, Sadak begot Akim, Akim, Elud. And then Elud, Eliezer, Eliezer begot Nathan, Nathan begot Jacob, Jacob begot Joseph, the husband of Mary, whom was born Jesus, who is called the Mashiach, the Messiah. So all the generations from Abraham to David, notice, are 14. And from David into the captivity of Babylon are 14. And from the captivity of Babylon into Jesus Christ are 14 generations. These are very important. Now you know why we don't tell the young convert to read chapter 1 of Matthew. (laughs) A lot of names to carry through. But here we have all of the names that lead to the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the most important. 
As we looked at the first section of the 14 generations, it takes a history down to David. David was a man that was not only welded Israel into a nation, but he was made also the king of Israel. And David became one of the most famous men in the Bible, in the Old Testament, a type of Jesus Christ. Secondly, the second section, it takes us and gives us a story down to the exile of Babylon. Remember? The people of God had become so sinful worshiping other gods that God decided, as he had judged already, Babylon was going to be judged, and then the Medes and the Persians, and then the Greeks, and then the Roman Empire were coming to power. But as Babylon was not only a powerful nation, we see that God used Babylon to come and take away the people of God for 70 years into captivity. And the reason is because Israel was worshiping all kinds of other gods. They left the main source of God. They left Jesus himself and God the Father and God the Holy Spirit. So to me it's incredible that when you read the gospel and you begin to see that these are the genealogies that leads us to the grace of God. And the reason they lead us to the grace of God is because of the four names that are there that are women's names. Very important names when you look at that. And to me it's been crazy because when you study about the Pharisees, the Pharisees were not only self-righteous, but they had a regular thing that they would do. Whenever they would pray, they would thank God that they were not made a Gentile, a slave, and a woman. You see how much they hated women? A slave, a Gentile, and a woman. And to me, it's incredible because these Pharisees and the Sadducees were literally hypocrites. Full-on hypocrites. They were always trying to look for a way to catch Jesus doing something so that they would be able to kill him. So when Matthew writes the book of Matthew, he decides to go ahead and write the genealogy of Christ. And he mentions four women in the Bible there. Number one, let's look at Tamar. Tamar is a very interesting woman. We go back to the book of Genesis chapter 38. Where Tamar was the mother of two illegitimate sons, Perez and Sarad, by Judah. Judah was her father-in-law. So Judah went on a journey, and Tamar went ahead and went to that city where Judah was, and she dressed up as a prostitute. And Judah saw her and went up to her and seduced her and paid her and actually got involved with her sexually, and then he left. But gave her his staff. So she took the staff and then she went home. And the next time, you know, that he sent his slave to pay the prostitute. She wasn't there. And he said, there's no prostitute in that city. So what happens as time goes on. And all of a sudden, they began to say that Tamar was pregnant with a child. Pregnant with a child. Her father looked at her pregnant. And so they brought her into the presses to judge her. Why? Because in the Old Testament, anybody that would have sex before marriage, they would stone you to death. No fornication involved in the Old Testament. You die. And if you committed adultery, both parties would die by stoning. Very important to understand. So when they brought her, Tamar, into the presence of Judah, she said, 
Because they were going to prosecute her. They were going to stone her. She said, whoever gave me this staff, he says, it belongs to him. And then he said, wow, that's my staff. He said, she's more righteous than I have ever been. She is in the line of Jesus Christ. An imperfect woman. Why? Because God chooses imperfect people like you and me. Like you and me. Sinners. Not perfect people. As she was the wife of Ur, his son. uh, Wife of Onan later on. And then after the death of Onan, her father-in-law Judah. The twin sons of her, Genesis 38. As we saw here. Imagine that. And then she is remembered also in the book of Jeruth, chapter 4, verse 12, in the genealogy of 1 Chronicles 2, 4. And her name is recorded in the ancestral or the genealogies of Jesus Christ in Matthew, chapter 1, verse 3. Secondly, how about Rahab? Rahab lived in the city of Jericho. Jericho was an amazing, amazing city. Today it still is. The children of Israel were coming into the land. So what they did is they sent out spies to spy out the land. They went into Jericho. They saw Jericho. And then they found out that some Israelites were in the city. So they were going to kill them. So here the woman that lived in Jericho by the name of Rahab, a prostitute, said, You guys come into my house. Go up into the attic. I'll hide you until this thing passes through. And at night you can go down through the window and you can go home again. So she did that. But before they left, they told Rahab, the next time we come, we're coming to wipe out Jericho. What we want you to do is to actually put a cord out your window, kind of a red cord. It speaks of redemption. And God will redeem your house and we will not destroy you or your family. Again, the grace of God demonstrated in the woman by the name of Rahab. She was a woman best known for her prominent role that captured not only Jericho, but her profession was a prostitute. She is found in Joshua 2.1, Matthew 1.5. She's found also in the Hall of Fame in Hebrews 11.31 and James chapter 2.25. Rahab, the prostitute. And then how about the third one, Ruth? Ruth was a Moabite. You go back to the Old Testament, Genesis chapter 19, Sodom and Gomorrah, Lot, his wife, two daughters, they move out of Sodom and Gomorrah, his wife turns back to look at the city, man, she gets nuked by the Lord, she's done, she turns into a pillar of salt, and then her husband, notice Lot, two daughters, they go up to this little city called Sor, and they go up there, and all of a sudden the fire and the brimstone comes down, destroys Sodom and Gomorrah. And then the daughters began to think, wow, you know, we're the only ones alive. God destroyed the world. Why don't we make our father drunk? And then I'm the oldest. I'll go in sexually with him. And then tomorrow night you go into him. So the first one went in, lay with him. The next day got him drunk again. She laid. So both of them now lay with him. And a few months later they were pregnant. And all of a sudden they find themselves with a child. Two children will be born. One will be an Ammonite and one will be a Moabite. They were cursed by God. And yet Ruth comes to what? To the line of Jesus Christ and she is a Moabite. God doesn't choose perfect people. This is Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. 
Don't forget, we're here to strengthen you on your faith walk. Visit us at somebodylovesyou.com or call 800-634-9165. For convenient access to a wealth of Bible-based resources, download our free app to your iPhone or Android. Now, here's Raul Reese once again. And when you study about this woman, Ruth, she was a daughter-in-law. Remember, she was the wife of Boaz. And Boaz, notice that was later on after her first husband died. She was the daughter-in-law of Naomi. Remember Naomi? Her husband was Elamech. And Naomi was her mother-in-law. And then she also becomes, in Matthew chapter 1, verse 5, the ancestor of Christ. And then in the book of Ruth, we see the story. Listen, chapter 1, 2, 3, and 4. Very simple. The story of redemption. What I find interesting is between the book that we have before in the book of Ruth, between the book previously to that and the book after that, you have the grace of God between those two books, the book of Ruth, before the judgment of God comes. So it's really important for the body of Christ, for the church of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, to understand who we are in Christ Jesus. And then listen to the last one, the fourth one. This one is really amazing. Her name is... Bathsheba. Remember that name? One of the most popular kings of all kings, King David. And David, as he was anointed to be the next king of Israel, he started very simple, very humble. He was a man of blood. And as David became the next king, as he was slaughtering his enemy, as he became king of Israel, as he got through his 30s, 40s, and 50s, by the time he was about 55 years old, he was out in the battle with war, warring people. And in the battle, he decided to get some R&R. He comes back to Jerusalem. He comes back to his palace. And what does he do? He goes into the house, you know, where he lives, takes a bath, gets ready, put on his clothes, and he comes up for fresher in his balcony. And as he comes out, he sees the beautiful city of Jerusalem. Wow. And then all of a sudden, he looks down, and on top of those roofs, there were flat roofs in Jerusalem. There was the most beautiful woman you ever saw in your life. Bathing on top of the roof. And David, not just once there, he just, man, continued to look and to look and to look until finally he desired her. Her husband Uriah was in David's army. He was a Hittite. He was on the battle. And what he did, because knowing her husband was gone... What does he do? He writes a note, gives it to his guard. He goes down to her house, gives the note to her. She comes up and is brought to the house of David. She goes in. He actually commits adultery with her, and then he lets her go. Like most guys do. They use a woman, and they get rid of her. She goes home. Three months later, she writes a little letter. I'm pregnant. According to the law of God, adultery by stoning. He starts walking up and down thinking, man, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? And the devil comes along and says, you know what? Take a piece of paper, write down Uriah's name, send it to the forefront of the battle to Joab, your cousin, and tell him to send him home for some R&R so he can be with his wife. Good idea, man. Writes it, gives it to him. Here he comes. 
He says, Uriah, I am so glad you're here. I'm making a party for you tonight. I want you to come and we're going to celebrate. And then you're going to go home to your wife and be with her a couple of days. He comes, they have the party, he drinks, he goes away. But on his way out, he's walking through. He looks to the side and here are all his men. They don't get to go home to their wives. So he says, what, as a true leader, I'm not going to go to my wife. I want to sleep with my men. So he sleeps with his men. Next morning, David wakes up. He's really happy. And they say, did you know that Uriah didn't go home last night? What? (laughs) He didn't go home. No, he slept with his men outside. David said, oh, no. What am I going to do? And the the devil comes to him and says, hey, throw a second party. (laughs) Throw another party. So he throws another party. And he comes, eats, drinks. And then David says, okay, now go home tonight. Oh, yeah, yeah, going home tonight. He never made it home. The next morning, David finds out, oh no, what am I going to do? What can I do? Like so many people, what am I going to do? Instead of repenting, you're looking for a way out and you can't get out. You'll go deeper into a pit. David, listening once again, very, very, very strong, the devil system, kill him. Murder him. Then she can be your wife. He writes a note. And check this out. He writes a note to Joab, his cousin, in the battle. He calls him, Uriah, to come in. Seals it, and Uriah carries his death note. Gives it to Joab. Joab opens it up. He says, okay, you guys, we're going to the forefront of the battle. Puts him right in the front. He gets killed. Joab writes, mission accomplished, sir. David says, Call her to be my wife, brings her up to the palace, becomes his wife. She's pregnant now. It's David's baby. No problem. The baby is born. The baby becomes sick. Now check this out. For that whole year that David had committed that sin, God didn't speak to him. God didn't speak to him. David was backslidden. And when that baby was born, he got sick. And died. God took him away. That's why David, when he found out, he just got up and he left. And then, check this out. Because he wouldn't repent, God sent the prophet Nathan. And Nathan came to David and said, David, I want to talk to you about something. There was a rich man that had a lot of hue lambs. And there was a poor guy next to him. that had one little hue lamb that he loved with all his heart. It was his pet. And this guy was having a party, but he wanted to kill any of his lambs. So he goes next door, opens the door, grabs his lamb, kills it, and gives it to his friends to eat and to enjoy. And Nathan says, what would you do to such a man? David says, that man deserves to die. You're that man. You are a man of blood. You took somebody else's wife, adultery, and you committed murder, David. David fell to the ground and repented before God. That's why God says that David was a man after God's own heart. He truly, truly, sincerely repented. He wrote Psalm 32 and Psalm 51. Read it. You will blow your minds. David's heart is poured out. Think about how this morning so many of us, not just adultery, not just fornication, all these major sins, which are not major, lying, Cheating, stealing, whatever it may be in your life, and maybe husbands that are here, wives that are here, maybe you got something going on on the side with somebody else. 
and yet you sit here in church. Sunday after Sunday. Wednesday after Wednesday. Monday through Sunday in your home with your children, with your husband, or with your wife, and yet thinking you're getting away with it. You're not. You're not. God will judge you. But God gives you, we talked about grace, God gives you a space to repent. Days, months, years, but he wants you to repent. And what blew me away is that I looked at Bathsheba here, how not only she committed adultery with David, but at the same time, think again of the grace of God that falls upon each one of us. Number one, in salvation. God knows that you are a sinner. I am a sinner. We're lost because we have never come to Jesus Christ. We're going to go to hell. And yet he says that hell was not made for you and me, for the devil and his angels, Matthew 25, 41. And then he gives you a space of time. Since you're a little teenager, a young adult, you become an adult, and then you become an old man, an old woman. But you never repent. Until your last breath, God will give you an opportunity to receive his love and grace and mercies. He will. God is not willing that any should perish. But all should come to repentance. Salvation is the free gift of God. Listen, Acts 15, 11. That we believe that through the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, we shall be saved in the same manner as they. And then it's God's call to us. Galatians 1.15. But when it pleased God who separated me, Paul, from my mother's womb and called me through his grace. Every one of us were called by the grace of God. Thirdly, we come by faith. In Acts 18, 27, And when he desired to cross to Achaia, the brethren wrote exhorting the disciples to receive him. And when they arrived, he greatly helped those who had believed through the grace of God. The grace of God. Or merited favor for each one of us individually. And then by justification. By faith. Listen Romans three twenty four. Being justified freely by his grace to the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. The redemption to take care of our sins once and for all by the blood of Jesus Christ. When I come by faith, I ask Christ to come into my life. And I ask him to cleanse me, to wash me, and to save me. But you've got to humble yourself before God. And then check this out, forgiveness of sins. Forgiveness. Ephesians 1 7. In Jesus Christ, we have redemption through his blood and the forgiveness of our sins according to the riches of his grace. You can frustrate the grace of God, you can reject the grace of God, or you can come by faith to the grace of God by repenting and coming by faith and accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And then he'll cleanse you and wash you by his blood and he'll write your name in the book of life. We hope today's lesson has blessed your heart with assurance that God's love for you is unconditional and his plan for your life isn't dependent on your spiritual perfection. You're listening to Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. 
If you'd like to review today's message, we'll send you a complete CD copy for a donation of $5 or more. Our phone number to get that is 800-634-9165. When you contact us, simply ask for Walt's teaching titled, The Grace of God. Now, as you continue to meditate on the faith journeys of the women in Christ's genealogy, we'd like to tell you about an encouraging resource titled, Understanding God's Compassion. It's a four-chapter booklet from Rawl that further illuminates the rich blessings of a life lived in step with the Lord, with insight into the divine gifts of salvation, healing, provision, and protection. Visit somebodylovesyou.com or call 800-634-9165 and ask for Rawl's booklet titled Understanding God's Compassion. We'll send your copy for just $5 plus shipping and handling. Once again, our number is 800-634-9165. To order by writing us, our mailing address is Somebody Loves You Radio, P.O. Box 4440, Diamond Bar, California, 91765. We're always looking for new ways to help you experience God's goodness and hope through the message of His Word. Your feedback is always helpful. We also encourage you to enjoy our many free Somebody Loves You resources. Join Rawl on YouTube for Straight Talk every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific. This Q&A program explores how to live a God-honoring life in today's complex world, and you won't want to miss out on it. For even more Bible-based wisdom, every one of these programs can be downloaded as a podcast when you go to Spotify or iTunes. And of course, you can always stay connected with us on Instagram and Facebook. Somebody Loves You Radio is made possible because of your ongoing prayers and financial support. Every dollar you give helps us reach more and more people with the good news of Jesus. Thanks so much for your partnership. Next time on Somebody Loves You Radio, we'll return to the Word of God for a verse-by-verse study to help us grow in our love of the Lord Jesus Christ. This program is sponsored by Somebody Loves You Radio in Diamond Bar, California.